Welcome to the IoT Podcast, brought to you by MarketScale. I'm your host, Sam Kingma. Since the early 1900s, the assembly line has been a vital aspect of manufacturing cars and many other products. In 2018, there's been a massive evolution from the simple one-way conveyor belt system used to manufacture the Model T to a more versatile, complex system created on a product-by-product basis. Joining us is Kevin Howe, Product and Installation Manager at IntelliFinishing, to discuss the conveyor systems he's worked on and how the concept of the assembly line has evolved over time. How are you doing, Kevin? I'm doing well, thank you. Excellent. Thanks for coming on tonight. So I wanted to start this interview off by specifically asking, what exactly do you do at IntelliFinishing? So I am a project manager. Um, I take the the project at the, the point when we receive the purchase order from the customer. And so then I take it clear through the design phase and all the way through the installation till completion. So I oversee not only the internal design work that we do, which is the electrical portion uh in the programming of the the motors and the commands, but also oversee the subcontractors and then and then follow it to the field and take care of the field installation as well. And what kind of products are you guys making? We're doing industrial paint systems. So we provide conveyors, ovens, washers, paint booths uh, for a variety of different manufacturing processes. Uh, and we do wet wet paint as well as powder coat paint. So uh, a lot of different also wash type processes so we're, we're quite custom and flexible in that regard now why are these conveyor systems important to these bigger businesses well uh some of the parts are are unwieldy you know where you, you're you're just too large to push around on carts uh things like that and to be very efficient at it the advantage of our system is we're not a typical chain conveyor um on the overhead side. So we have some flexibility. We have a lot of different motors. We can change speeds. We can close up gaps. We can hold parts in certain process areas if that's required. Uh, we do everything based on recipes. So uh, one carry can have a whole bunch of large parts on it and the next carry can have a, a quite a variety of smaller parts and we can we can vary times in ovens and and process uh, speeds and also pressures, those kinds of things as required for, you know, whatever, whatever the recipe is calling out for. So it, it makes makes good sense, especially for customers that that don't paint widgets. You know, if you're painting the same part over and over and over, then you probably, a monorail is probably a better choice. But, but our customers typically have maybe a little bit slower throughput, but a wide variety of parts. And we work really well in that environment. So more versatility is the benefit to using a conveyor belt system like yours instead of the standard Henry Ford assembly line? Yeah, exactly. And then uh, we also offer some enhanced programming, so some part traceability. Uh, you know, you can use all that, those uh, database records going back if you end up having a failure at some point in time and, and kind of go back and look at some of the information and for the process stuff, you know, and say, you know, hey, was was I having issues with the washer that day or, or you know, why, why are we getting paint failures? You know, those kinds of things. So also helps, uh, you know, the customers track, you know, we can tie into their ERP systems, their ordering systems and, you know, helps them fulfill their database, know their work in progress, uh, all those things. Um, you know, some pretty good visibility there on our side. And what are the drawbacks to not having an, an effective conveyor system or any conveyor system at all, actually? Well, drawback to uh, let's let's start with the monorail, for example. Okay, so 
a monorail is is one typically one motor, one continuous chain. So anytime you have to stop that process along the way, whether it be you're having an issue with load or or something like that or unloading, you stop it everywhere. Uh, you know, in in our system, you, it wouldn't work like that. If you were hung up at load for a little bit longer, the rest of the system would continue to run, and then you can actually close that gap. Um, you know, to a point till you get to a process area that's going to run slow. So uh, another advantage would be a monorail. So if you ran out of parts and chain's still running, and we call that hanging air, basically you're running a hole in the conveyor system, you can't catch up. You know, you can never close that hole. So you've lost that that product window of, of production time. And there again, with our system, with being able to run multiple speeds and those kinds of things, we can we can catch up those holes and actually close them over time. Do you find your product to be a really easy sell for most companies, or do you find it to be a challenge to actually market this? Um, I'm not super involved in the sales side, but but it is a bit of a challenge for us because we're not the cheapest alternative out there. That's the biggest hurdle to get over. You know, I think the customers that that have that have really delved into it and and saw some of the advantages that we can offer and then and then ultimately choose us as a solution or are very happy that they did like so there's there's a lot of good alternatives out there obviously but you know we certainly offer a little more for the money i think uh i think the extra costs are worth it when when you see the end results so that's more about the challenges of actually selling this kind of conveyor product. What are the challenges of actually creating these kinds of products? Sometimes it's it's really more layout dependent. You know, the customer maybe only has a certain amount of footprint to put things into. So that can be challenging. Um, you know, you're not always going into a brand new building. You know, lots of times we're doing it in a rework scenario. So then, you know, you have to work around current production, um, you know, the same challenges any contractor would have basically, you know, uh, making sure that the work the customer says they're going to perform is done on time and on schedule. Um, and then that doesn't impact, you know, the schedule that we do. And that's, that's another advantage that we bring with the, with kind of the one-stop shopping and doing the overall project management as well. We can help coordinate those efforts, you know, directly with the customer and kind of drive our own bus there, so to speak. And is it hard because you offer something that is so unique on a business by business basis? Is that really hard to sort of provide to the exact customer's needs? No, I don't think it, that that part's hard. Uh, like I said, I think sometimes the the justification for them to spend the extra money is what's hard. We sometimes we're the only we're the only option that works, you know, in, in a specific footprint. Uh, you know, I can think of one customer we did. It was a Caterpillar project. By using some unique alternatives with our conveyor system, using a side-to-side -side shuttle instead of a, a big bulb turn, we actually were able to decrease the footprint size of their overall building by one column bay, you know, which is pretty significant cost in overall building. So, um, you know, the, you couldn't have done that with a, with a traditional chain conveyor trying to paint the size of parts that they were wanting to paint. Now, how have your conveyor belt systems changed over time? Well, ours is kind of an evolution. Uh, you know, we call it a chainless power and free. So power and free is, um, it's more flexible than a monorail. Uh, 
but our, ours has changed really where we can adapt to the new technologies and stuff. So we use a lot of variable frequency drives on our motors. Uh, all of our motors have that actually. So every motor is variable speed. And as the technologies have evolved in those kind of realms where, where the drives are physically getting smaller, getting less expensive, more reliable, uh, ethernet connectivity, you know, we're running all of our communications via ethernet on those. You know, we're able to adapt and take advantage of all those things. So, uh, you know, we've, we've been, we're always trying to refine our designs, you know, to get the cost down, but, but really it's more about overall reliability and, and uptime than, you know, than trying to get the cheapest thing going out there. So in the end, that's, that's what's going to matter, you know, to the end customer. You mentioned taking advantage of new technologies. Are there any new technologies on the horizon that you're really excited about to implement into your product? I'm not aware of any right now, but you know, just the, the general evolution of the PLCs, which are the, the industrial programmable logic controllers that we use. Um, you know, there's also always innovations in um, some of the, what we call industrial automations and other software package that we use to, to drive our, our graphics and do our databasing and, and some of the interfacing between uh, you know, some of the process equipment and the conveyor uh, as well. So, you know, those technologies are always growing, but, uh, you know, some of the, the graphics and stuff, we've kind of pretty well standardized on some things that we like, uh, you know, we're always, always looking to change and improve a little bit, but, uh, you know, you also kind of want things to look similar, uh, job to job, uh, for familiarity with everyone else. So, so more effective software, more effective. Uh, pieces of hardware coming out that you can implement. Yeah, it's it's really something that the the customer wouldn't see so much. It's more in the hardware improvements and and things like that. There there may be you know like you said some of the software stuff in the back, but it wouldn't be wouldn't be the things that they would delve into themselves necessarily day to day. Um, but it's all the stuff that runs in the background, you know, to keep keep the processes running or data logging or fault logging, uh, you know, any of those kinds of things. Kind of, kind of the unwritten side of it, you know, or, or like I said, more of the unseen. Now I got one more question for you. What's the future? Uh, what does the future hold in store for your conveyor belt system specifically? Well, I think, I think for us, uh, the sky's the limit. Honestly, we're, you know, we've been branching out into other companies. You know, our name's been out there now for seven or eight years. Um, you know, we have quite a few lines installed that have been up and running for a long time. And, you know, I think, think the more of that that you have, the more time that you have on those things, you know, certainly makes a difference. You know, if people are kind of on the fence about, you know, if they really don't know if they, they want to do that or not, but we have, you know, lots of satisfied customers out there, you know, we can use as references, take them on tours, those things. So I'm, you know, I'm, I'm real excited about getting into some other, other avenues, other types of businesses. Uh, you know, it's just sometimes just a, a matter of time till, till the right person sees us now. Thank you for coming on, Kevin. And thank you, everyone, for listening to today's podcast. If you'd like to find out more or to listen to previous episodes, you can head to marketscale.com slash industries and subscribe for previous podcast, articles, and video content from your favorite industries. I'm your host, Sam Kingma, and you have a fantastic rest of your day.